It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. This is another one of those moments where I spontaneously decided to record, but unlike last week and one other at least episode before that, it's only 4 p.m. <laughs> if you haven't listened to any of my uh, 1 a.m. or midnight uh, recordings, uh, you can go check those out. But actually, last week's recording ties into the recording right now because I just submitted that to my editor yesterday. And yesterday was Saturday, today's Sunday. Uh, usually I like to submit at least eight days in advance to my editor to give the team plenty of time to get this up because I want every episode to run on the same schedule. These episodes come out every Monday, as you may know. And I had recorded that episode, uh, last week's episode, solo episode, on a Wednesday night or Thursday morning at 1 a.m. And I think at the time felt okay about it, but it was like a day or two later, I started to fall into a rejection spiral, which I had mentioned recently in my newsletter. And that must have been what prompted that newsletter, actually. If you don't subscribe to the newsletter, I kind of blog now. Things have shifted a bit since Jason left the show and Wellevator. And I'm just trying to find my rhythm and my voice with these episodes and the blog post. And I was writing about my experiences with rejection-sensitive dysphoria, is that the full term, and shame and how I'm very sensitive. And it's something that I've struggled with a lot because I don't like the feeling that I get in my body. I have it right now a bit, butterflies, and it's like a fear. It's a fear of being rejected. It's a fear of mis being misunderstood. It's a fear of being called out. And some of that is not even based in reality, you know, like with that episode I had recently recorded and was afraid to post, I was afraid of being misunderstood really. And it felt really vulnerable because in that episode I talk about how I think I'm neurodivergent and I did some self-assessments and it turned out that I fall on the spectrum for ADHD and autism spectrum disorder, ASD, and that just, I'm in a vulnerable state, right? Because I'm, I'm afraid that like I'm wrong or the self-assessment's wrong. I'm afraid of people judging me. And I'm afraid of this, the kind of behavior and symptoms that I have being misunderstood in general. But that's part of the reason that led me to get the assessment. I'm sitting here thinking like, why am I so sensitive? Why do I have the, so many triggers around rejection? As I talked about in that episode, why do I feel so socially uncomfortable at times? Is it just introversion? And I'm glad I put out that episode now. But the part of the reason I got triggered was because somebody did actually leave me a comment about a recent podcast episode. And it was along the lines of like, blah, blah, blah. You didn't talk about anything. And, you know, it took you so long to get to the point. I'm bored. And it was just like hit me and that activated the rejection that I, I feel when I read comments like that and how much I've struggled with them for now over tw 
more than 12 years, 14 years I've been creating content. It has never gotten easier. And then I, I talked to someone about it last night and they just said, well, you need to develop a thicker skin. And what I wrote about in the newsletter was that I don't know if it is about developing a thicker skin and I don't even know if I'm capable of it. You know, you would think after 14 years of creating content, of putting myself out there, I've made over a thousand YouTube videos, I've made uh, over 300 podcast episodes just on this show, not including the other shows that I do. And I, the thick skin has never come. And then I fell into that shame spiral is I must have been doing something wrong. I must, you know, why is it that I can't get over these triggers? Why do they hurt so much? These questions come up a lot. And then the next stage was another comment. I mean, <laughs> this past week has been a little, a few more negative comments than usual, fortunately. One of them was really interesting. I recently started a daily live streaming show. I talked about this a bit, I think, in that episode last week. And it's called Web3 with Whitney. I'm really passionate about Web3. I love talking about it. I love learning about it. And I thought, you know what? I want to talk about it live so that I can have live conversations. I want to have a dialogue, a back and forth with other people. I don't want to just be putting something out there as a recording I want to open it up to that live experience and that connection, that community that comes along with it. As I've mentioned, I think several times with this show, it, it often feels frustrating to me that we're not having a conversation, you and I, and I want you to know how much I value you. Along with you know, opening things up to a dialogue, that also opens you up to criticism and and trolling and bullying and rude comments. And I know that I've tried to shield myself from that for a long time. And I think that's part of the reason I haven't gone live in a while is like live streaming is, is tough. It's, it just comes along with so many challenges. And I got this comment about the tech issues that I was having and somebody like asking why I was having so many tech issues. But the way that they asked was as Part of the phrasing made me feel like they were almost shaming me. This is how I interpreted it through my shame filter, my rejection filter, is when I read words like that, it makes me feel ashamed. You know, like, why didn't, why can't you do better? That's basically the essence of what this comment made me feel is, why are you messing up? And like, the more that I'm verbalizing it right now in this moment, I feel like it is a very common experience. And it feels like that parental cliche. Many of us have experience with parents, authority figures, teachers, someone, a boss, a, a coworker, somebody shaming you, basically blaming you, criticizing you for not doing things perfectly. And at, that is like an old programming for me that triggers me to want to be better, that wants to be that people pleaser, that wants to be the perfectionist. But I simultaneously don't want to be a people pleaser or a perfectionist. I want to own myself. I want to be allowed to make mistakes, truly. So as I was reflecting on this comment, I thought, like, first of all, why did this person say these things to me? And I was processing them to myself for a while. I processed them in a conversation with someone else. And I didn't feel like I was getting to the root of it. And I was thinking about how I know I'm not the only one 
anybody who puts themselves out there on the internet, which these days is most of us, is you know allowing other people to comment on us publicly or privately behind our backs and to our faces. This person was especially interesting because they had like a fake burner Instagram account, like a really weird username, no profile picture, no friends, no images. Like, And then I thought, did this person create this account specifically so that they could anonymously leave comments like this? Like, Which may not sound that surprising, but to me, I just... My heart breaks for stuff like that because it's like, why do we live in this world where someone really wants to publicly shame, publicly criticize someone, but doesn't even have the courage to let the world know who they are? That's like the definition of a troll. Why? But why? Why is trolling so commonplace? Why after all these years does it still happen? I've come to realize it's, it's probably never going to stop. I would rather not participate in it. That's part of the reason I stepped back from posting on YouTube. For those that don't know this about me, I, a huge part of my career was based in YouTube. I started on YouTube really seriously in 2008, 2009, and it led me to where I am today. That's actually how I met Jason. Um, YouTube was just this huge part of my career, my personal life. I loved it, but I got... I felt like my heart was being whittled away by these types of comments. I was just, they were, they were draining to me, but they were sparking that loop, that shame spiral, that vulnerability hangover, the rejection sensitivity. And as I mentioned, no matter how hard I tried and no matter how many people I talked to about this, how many times I practiced it, how much research I did, it felt like no matter what I did, I couldn't stop myself from feeling all that rejection. And it got to the point where I did not want to post anymore. And when I did post, I would disable the comments. In fact, the comments on my current active YouTube channel, uh, not this one. So I have a bunch of channels. (laughs) There's a channel for this podcast, the Wellevator channel, and there's my personal channel, the Whitney Lauritsen channel. And on that one, I've disabled the comments because I just got so tired of whittling through the kind comments and the rude comments, the trolling comments, the criticism. But what's also interesting that I was reflecting on was how I've identified there was a few people, I believe, who would create fake accounts. They would email me from fake emails. They would write me from fake Instagram and YouTube accounts. Like They, they wanted to hide themselves, but I could tell from some of their wording that it was the same person on all these different accounts. And I've also noticed a pattern of like every time I post a video on YouTube, it got a thumbs down really quickly. And I've always suspected that it was the same person or same few people that were like committed. So it was fascinating from the sense of like, they're not just doing a drive-by trolling. They're committed to trolling. They're committed to trying to make me feel bad. They're committed to pointing out my flaws. And that's like the definition of abuse, in a lot of ways, like that's emotional abuse. And I'm not trying to play the victim, but like, this is part of the issue. When when someone like me who's spoken out against how I react to shaming and rejection and has been very vulnerable and honest about those feelings and these struggles, and someone continues to do that behavior, there's to me a level of abuse there. And I, I wish 
that I could do something about it, not just for myself, but everyone. I, I would not wish that type of behavior on anyone. And I've spoken many times on this show about how I'm not a fan of call-out culture and, and cancel culture. Even forms of accountability, it's like, when does it end? Why can't we just accept the humanity within somebody? And going back to my live stream show, Today, just right before I started recording this, actually, I wrapped up my sixth episode. I've gone live every single day for six days. And I feel really proud of myself for that. Like, it's a time commitment. It's an energetic drain for me. I really believe in what I'm doing and I want, I'm just excited about it, right? But no matter how hard I've tried over the past six days, something has gone wrong every single live stream. And that triggers this perfectionist mentality. I'm hard en- I'm hard enough on myself. <laughs> I beat myself up far enough. But to have someone on the outside point out the flaws I already know makes it so much harder. And I feel like this is a relatable thing. If you yourself are not a content creator by any means, I imagine that on some level you've experienced this. I imagine you've had a parental figure, as I mentioned, a teacher or a boss or a colleague. Like, There's got to be somebody or some instance in your life where you've experienced this. And that's part of something that maybe helps me process it is it's like I'm trying not to take it personally. As I mentioned, I'm trying not to play the victim. I'm trying to see the universal experience here. But the more I examine that, the more heartbreaking it feels. That why do we treat each other this way? And then I started to go a level deeper, right? Like with this specific comment about my live streams where I think it felt magnified, both of the comments actually, the podcast comment felt magnified because I'm in a vulnerable transition without Jason here. You know, I, I'm learning to find my rhythm and my voice doing the show on my own. I have a lot of more, more work. I'm trying to express myself in a way that feels authentic. And and as I mentioned last week, maybe it's from neurodivergence, but I go on tangents and I don't always make sense and I jump around in subjects and I don't always get to the point or finish my point and I'm not coming to this show with an outline. And you know why? Because I've always felt like this show is about being a human, And by that, I mean not being perfect, allowing myself and others that come on the show to get uncomfortable, allowing you, the listener, to get uncomfortable. And maybe that's part of the answer here. What I'm going through with this criticism, rejection, my sensitivity, all of that is extremely uncomfortable. And maybe that's part of the lesson in that I have not ever been able to grow a thick skin, so I've remained uncomfortable for most of these 14 years that I've been creating content. And maybe instead of getting frustrated with the fact that I don't have a thick skin, that this continues to bother me, what if I allow that to show me my humanity and say, perhaps it's a strength that I have a thin skin. Perhaps it's a strength. Actually, I know it's a strength to be sensitive and vulnerable. I know that because I've been studying this for so long and like the wisdom of someone like Brene Brown, who, who, has dedicated her whole career to shame and vulnerability. She points that out, how incredibly beneficial it is. 
And this allows us to connect with one another. This allows us to see the strengths and weaknesses. And this is what I was pondering. Um, Brene has many times in her books and her talks referenced this quote that someone else said. Was it like Roosevelt? I feel like it was one of the presidents <laughs> uh, who, who has this amazing quote about being in the arena. And it's the name of one of her books. I'm completely blanking on it, but I can visualize it because it's this idea of the people that are in the peanut gallery throwing the tomatoes, shouting, the booing, whatever. Those people are in the audience. They're not on the stage. And so they're literally not in the same position. They're not comparable unless they switch places, right? And when I was reading these comments about my live streams, I thought, wow, like how bold of this person to criticize me when they're not in my shoes? They're not even telling me who they are. So it's completely different. If they don't have the courage to tell me who they are, how can they criticize me for having the courage to do things imperfectly? That's one of the big messages that I've interpreted from Brene's Brown, Brene Brown's work. And it's not about like one person being better than the other. It's just about saying, why don't we look in the mirror? And when we're triggered by someone or tr someone triggers us, what can we learn from that? That's what I'm trying to do right now. You know, it's like I feel rejected and, and shamed and I'm trying not to be defensive. I'm just trying to learn. But I'm also trying to examine, like, what does this say about them? There's that cliche phrase of that when someone criticizes you or is mean to you, it says more about them than it does about you. And without knowing exactly who this person is because they're hiding their identity, maybe that's what it is. Like, they're probably ashamed for me to know who they are. There's got to be some level of shame or fear so much so that they're willing to create a fake Instagram account just to leave me a public comment. And I imagine also that this is somebody who's who's been trying to reach me for a while because I've blocked people like this, right? Like I do not tolerate this type of behavior. So they probably had to create an extra account to reach me because they're blocked in other accounts if it is somebody from the past, right? So they're so desperate to have their criticism get through to me that they go to these extreme lengths but simultaneously hide themselves. Like to me, it's like the most fascinating like view into how people behave differently. So I, I, as part of my processing, I tend to research. If you haven't noticed this about me already, it's like a coping mechanism to me, I think, where it makes me feel better to understand the why, to understand the different perspectives from it. And so I was like Googling why people point out other people's imperfections. This is a literal phrase. And th there actually were some really great resources that I came up. One was from Quora. And the question was, why do some people point out other people's imperfections slash weaknesses and tell them to their face? Is it a lack of proper upbringing? I mean, I love this question. Quora is so cool. I don't go out of my way to use Quora, but I love like seeing the humanity in people's questions. That makes me feel less alone. And some of the answers here, one was, I think you're asking why rather than how. There are some cultures in which this is routine behavior, particularly among relatives. 
In others, it is either a lack of proper upbringing or a deliberate attempt at hurting the other person. That was the top upvoted response. And I actually really like that response. Like it just feels so black and white, you know, without knowing this person's identity, I have no context to why they're responding to me that way. I can only make assumptions from my limited perspective, my biases, my viewpoint on the world. And some people say like, why even bother trying to understand? But that, as I mentioned, is important to me. It helps me process when I know why. And when I can't find out why, I try to find other answers like I'm doing right now. And that that does make me feel better. That That just helps me kind of like breathe through it and release it. Of course, meditation does too. Stepping back and breathing, talking to others, processing out loud, just like I'm doing right now. So I want to take a moment to thank you for listening because it is actually an outlet for me. And sometimes I hesitate and and I fear that it does feel so one-sided. I'm afraid that like, I don't want this podcast to just again, be for my benefit. I truly want it to benefit both of us. And this is where the vulnerability comes in. It's like, am I just somebody spewing feelings? But is there anything wrong with it? Like I said earlier, it's about the humanity. And as much as I love structured podcasts with lessons, and uh, you can tell somebody's done their research and prepared their, their feelings and their thoughts, and you know, it's got just all that structure and flow to it. Those are wonderful. In fact, I tend to listen mostly to those shows. But what's been at the core of 300 plus episodes of this show has just been converse, open dialogues. With my guests, I don't prepare very much. I don't really know where the conversation is going to go and neither do they because it's meant to feel authentic in that sense. And I think that's actually unique because most other shows with guests do not have that that lack of structure to them, right? So going back to Quora here, let's see if there are any other interesting things. One, the second most upvoted response was, sometimes it's a lack of proper upbringing, but sometimes it's not. So don't rush to blame the parents. For some, their parents just didn't teach the manners. For some, they think that they are doing you a favor, but they just don't have the tact to do it properly. Ooh, that's a good one, (laughs) honestly, because there was a level of me when I was reading this comment about my live streams that thought, maybe this person is trying to do me a favor. You know, maybe they feel like they're giving me constructive criticism. Maybe to them, it's not even criticism. It's just feedback. And and to be fair, I did ask for it. You know, I when you do a live stream, at least the way I do them, you know, the aim is for it to feel like a back and forth. Um, and maybe this person just communicates very differently than me. And I also, I have to be accountable for my filter And I think a very universal experience is anything through text can really be easily misinterpreted versus when we're talking visually or auditorily, we can hear the meaning behind somebody much better. It's more clear. Facial expressions say a lot. So it's tough when somebody writes you a message and you're reading it and you don't have a live back and forth to even clarify you can easily get offended. You can easily misinterpret it. 
So I want to also add that into the mix that we we do have to be careful. In fact, a few episodes ago when I talked about how to have tough conversations with people who have different opinions than you, one person wrote me in, in response to that and was saying how they were struggling with some text communication with their friend and it ended up getting really intense and tough. And, you know, that can really degrade our relationships. And I think that we need to be very intentional with how we phrase things, but also very patient. We need to ask, or we could benefit from asking follow-up questions and doing our best not to make assumptions. I really enjoyed making that episode. That one was one I felt very confident in. But I also think, ironically, that's the episode where the rude comment about blah, 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 get to the point. I think that they had they said that they listened to the first first four minutes and I didn't get to the point fast enough. And to that I say, this podcast is not TikTok. It's not even meant to be like a YouTube. These are long-winded discussions and topics and ramblings. They're just, you know, I'm not going to get to the point that fast. And there's a fast forward button for that reason. And I would not care if somebody, you know, some people even listen to shows at like 1.25 speed, 1.5 speed, even double the speed just to get through the rambling and whatever, jumping around like that's cool. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to read the transcript if you would like to see what the point is. That's why I offer so many different ways to consume the information on this show. So, Because I know that everybody learns differently and consumes them and have different needs. But also to go back to my point, I've had to learn over time that I can't please everyone no matter how hard I try. And that's been one of the greatest lessons of my content creation world. But I also think personally, you know, everybody is just coming to their day and showing up and interacting on so many relative levels, relative to how they're feeling that day, relative to the information they have, the education they have, their background. like We just have to constantly come back to the humanity within one another. And actually, when I'm processing things like this, I realize like, okay, if I'm struggling with this, can I recognize that the person that triggered me is struggling with their day in their own ways and ways that I cannot understand until they tell me, unless they tell me. And that helps me a lot because as I mentioned, a lot of this can feel really sad. Bullying, criticism, rejection, like those are really hard things to process. And I feel sad for anyone that goes through this, like looking beyond myself. I wish there was a way to stop it, not just for me, but for others. And If I flip it around, and this is actually something I learned through Byron Katie, who has something called The Work, referenced a few times in past episodes. And one of the practices that she teaches is instead of placing blame, like so-and-so did this to me, so-and-so made me feel that way, she encourages you to flip it around to shifting your perspective back to yourself. It's not about that other person. It's about you and your reaction. Funny enough, in this moment, the technology for for this episode is uh, not so great. My video is all slow and it's like I'm being forced into a lesson to slow down and to accept. 
I really behind in posting YouTube videos, but assuming that this video goes up one day, you may see it. It's all like going kind of in slow motion and I hope my audio sounds okay. And it's evoking this panic because I want it to be right. I want it to be perfect. I don't want it, you know, technology to get in my way, but I think I resolved some of the tech challenges that I was having. <laughs> I want to share something else that fed into this conversation um, that I saw on, I think it was Instagram today. Okay, so it's from this wonderful Instagram account that I follow that I feel like has helped me better understand different perspectives. And actually, I want to go back to the Instagram. Here we go. It's a person named Aluk, I think is how you pronounce their name, an author, poet, comedian, and speaker. And they use the phrase de-gender. And I think that this person really triggers a lot of other people because of the way that this person expresses themselves physically and in words and all of that. And I don't know what the context was. Perhaps it was maybe a photo, but Aluk shared a screenshot of a text exchange. And it was comforting to me because of not only the way that Aluk responded, but seeing the type of things that Aluk must receive every single day is it's not about like comparison me to them. It's that I think, again, coming back to the humanity to people when we are vulnerable and we show the behind the scenes and we don't hide our challenges, it's comforting to other people who are going through the same thing in their own relative experience, right? So somebody had commented about, I think, hair on a Lux body and encouraging them, can you shave it off? And Alec responded, hi, friend, can you at least be honest about what's going on here, please? I am your mirror. Every time you point a finger at me, three fingers are pointed back at yourself. This is not about my hair. This is about your heartbreak. I'm sorry that beauty norms keep you feeling inadequate. I believe you're beautiful, not because of what you look like, but because of who you are. I, for one, am so happy to be a human being, ooh, not a statue. That's great. I think I might have just found the title for this episode. <laughs> like Earth, my body blooms. It's taking a long time to get here, but I'm grateful to finally rest in this luscious garden. Next time you feel compelled to offer unsolicited advice to strangers, redirect the energy to yourself. Ask, what part of me is being provoked? Shower it with love. Love is the antidote to fear, rooting for you. That to me is like one of the most eloquent responses I've ever read in the response to someone. And then opening up the comment section of that post, which I'll link to in the show notes if you want to go check out a luck, read that, share that, check out more of the comments, whatever. The top comments underneath. A Lux comment was the fact that you are consistently willing to do this emotional labor for people who are actively trying to hurt you is beautiful. That's also very well phrased. And there's just like the comments here are so revealing. I'm reading them in real time. Another person said, as a human with a lot of body hair, I had to learn to love my body hair because so many people tried to make me feel bad about it. This is the thing. It's it's navigating 
these type of exchanges and that, again, that heartbreaking feeling, the heartbroken feeling I have, knowing that so many people have to deal with this in their own way and that we just can't let somebody be human. Let them be flawed. Let them make mistakes. And that was the other thing I was reflecting on is with this comment, I feel like my mistakes triggered that person, that they were angry I wasn't perfect, that they were disappointed that I was making mistakes, that they were frustrated that it wasn't smooth, just like that other person who said, blah, 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 four minutes in and you haven't gotten to the point. Well, I wasn't showing up the way that person wanted me to show up. Does that mean that I need to change? Does that mean that there's something wrong with me? That Does that mean that I'm not doing things right? Does that mean that I'm imperfect? And I think the lesson that I'm learning and really starting to be able to verbalize in this moment is that all of these years I've spent trying to respond to those things, trying to change myself, be a chameleon. Every time someone points out my flaw, let me see if I can do it better next time. It's like begging for forgiveness, begging for acceptance and validation, trying to reach this pinnacle of safety where I can fully protect myself from rejection. But as I mentioned, after 14 years of content and all my years of life and experiences of rejection through and criticism throughout it, I've never found that place and I don't know if it exists. And I love a Lux encouragement and phrasing about this being heartbreaking for that person, about this being about that person feeling inadequate and redirecting the energy back to ourselves before or instead of offering unsolicited advice to stranger. Now, granted, as I mentioned, there are many times that I'm asking for advice, but I do that because really what I want to do is communicate. And maybe, as I alluded to earlier, I can't ask for only positive communication. That's not fair. I can't ask other people to communicate with me in the way that I want them to. That's too controlling and one-sided. That doesn't allow that other person to express themselves in the way that they need to. And in a way, that's really, what's the term? Hypocritical. Wouldn't I be a hypocrite if I said, hey, the way that you're communicating doesn't work for me? Because ultimately, that's what these people said to me. Hey, the way that you started your podcast doesn't work for me. And they actually didn't even ask me to change. They were just pointing it out. And what if I just accepted it and said, okay, (laughs) okay, I don't have to apologize for it. I don't have to be rude. What if I can just accept that I don't work for them? How about that? It's like dating when we're rejected by someone we want to date. What if we just accept that they don't like us? They don't want us. They don't love us. They don't have the same feelings. It's tough, but maybe it would really aid us in flowing with life more. And also not to the point of avoiding discomfort, but being okay with the discomfort. That's the big lesson here. And being a human, not a statue, that's so good. Well, I feel like there might have been something else that I screenshotted, but don't have it off the top of my head. So I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my Sunday. Thank you for listening and leaning into this. If you are still listening I'm in this moment, wow. Like, <laughs> they, I mean, immense thank you because 
you know, I'm sure plenty of people listen to part of the episode and they don't hear the whole arc of it or the direction that it goes into. And it's like sitting with a friend and the gift of someone just allowing you to be, allowing to express yourself however it shows up that day. It is one of the greatest things. And I want to continue to acknowledge you and your listenership, how much that means to me on so many levels and remind you that I want to be there for you too in whatever ways I can in the current structure of this. I want to hear I want to hear it all ultimately and I want to continue to move through the discomfort of how I feel about some of the statements that other people make. So I guess the big lesson here is that I would rather hear from you and everyone else than not hear anything, right? I mean as much as it helps protect me in a lot of ways to dis oh. <laughs> somehow I just press play and I don't know where that music is coming from. Oh, <laughs> it's coming from Zencaster. So <laughs> Zencaster is the tool that I use to record these episodes. I love Zencaster. They're actually the current sponsor of my show. You'll hear ads for them on the guest episodes. On their pro version, which I recently upgraded to, they have like these audio, you can like play music during the middle of your recording. I've never used it and I accidentally clicked the button. So little behind the scenes quote mistake, but I'll put the mistake in quotes because it wasn't mistake. It was just a little accident and learning process. So anyways, I'm going to wrap up, but I just want to finish saying that I hope to hear from you and I promise I will do my best to understand you and to accept you. And part of that is not blaming you when I get triggered, not being angry or frustrated. I mean, I may go through those levels, but ultimately coming to a, a place of acceptance, giving you that gift, because it's a great gift when people accept me. And again, I think you must accept me to the level that you would make it through all of these. The full episode with me rambling, that's awesome. Well, I will be back with another guest episode. Let's see. According to my calendar, ooh, I have an episode that I haven't even recorded yet. So we will both be surprised. I don't know what it's going to be in this moment. I do know who it is, but I don't remember what this person and I were going to talk about. So that's kind of fun. So stay tuned for that. And I hope to hear from you as usual. All the resources I've mentioned are linked in the show notes for this episode at wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. When you go to the podcast section, every episode has a full transcript. When the YouTube video is up, the YouTube will be embedded there. There'll be links at the very bottom of the post. There'll be quotes there for you. And there's also contact information. So whether you want to reach out via email or social media, direct message, public comment, that's all there for you. And at this point, I'm learning to allow whatever communication comes through. Lastly, I will say, I tend to read every comment and email and message that I get, but sometimes I'm a little slow in my response, especially now that I'm doing all this on my own. So know that I've probably seen it. Uh, you can always follow up with me if it's important to you for me to respond. And I would actually appreciate that. And I will get back to you as soon as I can. So I'll see you back here on Friday with the guest and then next Monday with my solo episode. If you have any suggestions, topics you'd like to see me cover, send them in those messages. I want to address it. And 
Until then, wishing you all the very best with your own journey in processing your emotions and being more of a human instead of a statue. Bye. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. 